Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We'll be right back with today's guest, but we want to give a shout out to our partners, the Global Community of Women in High School Sports, the Florida Coaches Coalition, Vital Signs Wall of Fame, and We Coach. You've heard me say many times, these are four great organizations. You should add them to your network. And now don't hit that fast forward button. Stay with us for the next three minutes. We're going to give our sponsors a shout out. These are all products that I used as a coach or as an athletic director. You should be using them too. Here we go. We want to say thanks to Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. Go to hometownticketing.com. Their team is going to show you how to set up and sell your tickets online, not just for athletic events, but things like school plays, concerts, dances, even graduation. And every step of the way, Hometown is going to supply you with a dedicated client success manager to give you hands-on support. Hometown is digital ticketing that offers more. Go to hometownticketing.com to find out how you can be part of the hometown family. We also want to say thanks to Vital Signs Wall of Fame. You know, they're on a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. Go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. Check out their interactive touchscreen video consoles. It's a great way to showcase your school record boards for all the teams, for all the sports, uh, your school's Hall of Fame, or just tell more compelling stories to showcase your school's diverse history and your proudest moments. Go to vitalsignswalloffame.com to get started. We also want to thank Home Campus. Go to homecampus.com. It's the exclusive high school and state association management platform for the podcast. It's also your one-stop for things like scheduling, student-athlete eligibility and clearance, and a whole lot more. As an AD, I used Home Campus every single day, and it was just great. Go to homecampus.com to find out all the things they can do for you. That's homecampus.com. We want to say thanks to Huddle. Go to huddle.com and change the way you see the game. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years, but when I became an athletic director, I made sure that our school was a Huddle school. And our coaches just loved the tools that Huddle provided that let them coach our kids up to their highest level. At Huddle, we believe in sports and teams believe in huddle. Join the 8 million users and turn your school into a huddle school. We want to say thanks to Gipper. Go to gipper.com. Start creating custom content for your school's social media channel. Their team is going to show you how to create custom sports graphics in seconds to celebrate your athletes and promote your teams. Gipper is used by over 3,000 colleges and high schools and it's so easy, even I can use it. Go to Gipper.com, mention the podcast, you'll get a nice discount. That's Gipper.com. We also want to thank the good folks at Snap Mobile. Go to SnapRaise.com. Check out their entire suite of platforms designed to help you do your job better. If you're looking for a fundraiser, stop right here. SnapRaise is hands down the best you can find. But there's also Snap Manage, Snap Connect, Snap Store, and a whole lot more. You'll find it all at snapraise.com. We also want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive, indoor score tables and video boards. Go to sidelineinteractive.com. Check out their great products and schedule a live web demo to see them in action. Probably one of the best purchases I ever made was our Sideline Interactive indoor score table. Go to sidelineinteractive.com. Schedule that demo today and see their great products. 
And we want to say thanks to Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. Athletic Surveys are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire program. Athletic directors already hear from the 2%, uh, the people that want to gripe and complain about everything. Athletic Surveys will connect you with that 2%, but they'll also connect you with the 98% that love and support your program. And that's a tremendously valuable tool to have when you're talking to that frustrated parent or your principal or your school board. Go to athleticsurveys.com. Let them create a custom survey for you. That's athleticsurveys.com. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We're heading out to Arizona today, and we're going to be visiting with Jennifer Burks. Jennifer is a certified athletic administrator. She's the assistant principal and the athletic director at Perry High School, and that's in Gilbert, Arizona. Got a tremendous athletic background. She's going to share, but I want to toss out a few nuggets. She was an All-American in college, not just an All-American, an eight-time <laughs> All-American in track. Uh, she's currently on the uh, AIA executive board. She serves on a number of committees, very active in our profession. Jen Burks, welcome to the Educational AD Podcast. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here. Well, uh, again, we're recording this on August 1st, and uh, Jen tells me that they're already at like day nine uh, in her school. Just crazy that you guys would start that early, but we'll talk about that. Um, Jen, we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So give us that quick bio, where you were born, where you grew up. Maybe take us up through uh, those college years that we talked about, and then we'll take a break. Uh, and then come back and hear about your early career. But what's the Jennifer Burke's origin story? <laughs> yeah, so um, my parents were in college um, in northern Wisconsin. And so I grew up, uh, well, not grew up, but was born in Menominee, Wisconsin. And um, we then moved to um, Milwaukee. And my parent, my dad was a teacher. And um just kind of had that normal, fun childhood. Um, I went to Milwaukee Public Schools, so I'm a true Milwaukee girl, not a um, not suburban. And uh, my, I, I'm like as a kid. I mean, we played in the yard with the friends and played jump the stick and did races and played uh, raced our bikes around the block. Um, super fun. And then um, I went to high school at Milwaukee Madison High School. And there I kind of, I feel like I was in every single club you ever could have been in. Um, but my main sports were track. And I actually did volleyball for a year. But then my, uh, the cross country coach saw me, we had to do this warm up like around the, the whole school. And uh, the coach, the cross country coach saw that I would always take first. So he reached out to me and he's like, you know what, do you want to play or do you want to come and run cross country? And I thought, okay, yeah, I'll go try cross country. So somehow I got to cross country uh, and then in track, uh, that was kind of my, my big thing. The crazy thing was uh, I, I never went to state in track or cross country, uh, kind of crazy. Cause then when I moved over to college, um, I learned some things and got better and got in the weight room and went from never having gone to state in high school 
to in college being um, All-American. Now, uh, as a track guy, I got to ask, what were your events? <laughs> so track in high school, I was a distance runner, mostly ran um, the 800, the mile and the two mile. But I went to my coach and I was like, you know what, I really want to jump. Um, kind of going back to those days where I was with the neighborhood kids and we had the bamboo stick and we would uh, just compete to see who could jump the highest. And that was one thing I kind of always excelled in. So finally I was like, hey, can I, can I high jump? Can I long jump? Um, he let me do that kind of near the end of my, my high school career. But then when I went to college, I asked um, the college coach, we kind of had this open meet where you could just do whatever you wanted to do. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna try the long jump. And um, I did relatively well and kind of shifted my path from being sort of a mid distance person to a jumper and sprinter in college. You know, again, I'm a, I was a hurdler uh, in, in high school and college and, and longtime track coach. Uh, distance running is, is not the, I, I would say the most common uh, um, nurturing area for an all American long jumper. So uh, <laughs> yeah, either, either your high school coach, you know, uh, <laughs> missed the boat or uh, your college coach just saw that uh, potential there. Um, <laughs> again, I could talk about track all day long. Um <laughs> I, I looked at your bio a little bit and, you know, your undergraduate uh, degree, uh, it, it, I think you might've been on that uh, transitional period a hundred years ago when I was in college, you know, it was still that traditional PE major and education. Mm -hmm. And, you know, now fast forward to currently it's exercise science and even athletic administration. I think you were kind of in the middle of that. Um, looking back to your own undergrad days, any courses or, or any uh, classes that you remember uh, now that had an impact uh, back then, but that had an impact on you now as an athletic director? Anything stick out? Yeah, so um, I went to the University of Wisconsin Lacrosse, and um, I actually started as a, a physical therapy major. And uh, that first summer, I went back home and I did a um, an internship at a hospital. And I found out that I really didn't like being a physical therapist. I didn't exactly want to touch people and um, just kind of do all those things that physical therapists do. So I ended up changing my major to physical education and probably went back to my dad being a teacher. My grandmother was a teacher on my mom's side. It felt like all of my aunts and uncles were teachers. And so education just kind of seemed to fit. And so um, jumping to that, what was kind of different for me is while I grew up with a background um, playing in the yard and, you know, playing with my friends and doing track and in high school, my parents weren't real big. Uh, we didn't go to a lot of sporting events. My dad actually uh, works on cars. So he was a um, industrial arts teacher, taught um, auto mechanics, painting, those kind of things. And so it just going into taking all those sport classes that you take with physical education, I found out honestly, taking the basketball class, taking the football class, where I didn't really have a ton of background in those sports. I learned a ton. I mean, 
at La Crosse, the education uh, for physical education teachers, it was intense. You literally had to be able to snap a football so far and it couldn't, you couldn't make your, um, your quarterback have to move and you had to be able to kick like a 20 yard field goal and um, you had to actually be able to do the sports. Um, and I got a great background and I, I learned all those sports. We, we did everything when we learned how to ski. I mean, we learned how to ice skate. It, it was amazing. And so even though, you know, maybe I don't use those so much today when I was becoming a PE teacher and actually uh, teaching, I used all of those classes and it was really cool. And I think my kids understood that I could demonstrate it. And I got that from the college experience. Yeah, boy, um, I'm so glad to hear that. I, I remember, and again, I graduated from college in 1980, so that's how old I am. Uh, but our undergrad uh, in, in the PE major was just that, okay? You know, we, we were taught how to teach sports. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I played football and basketball and, you know, messed around with baseball and things like that. But, you know, to have, you know, the college coaches, you know, come into our class and and teach those fundamentals, uh, volleyball, uh, softball, things like that. It, it was it was great, great instruction and a great foundation for a teacher. So I'm glad you got that experience too. For our listeners, uh, our guest today is Jennifer Burks. She's a certified athletic administrator. She's the assistant principal and the athletic director at Perry High School, and that's in Gilbert, Arizona. We're going to take our first break, but we're coming back with some more. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to Hometown Ticketing for their support of the podcast. Hometown's the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and to colleges. And if you go to hometownticketing.com, they're going to show you how to set up and sell tickets for your home events. Not just athletics, but things like school plays and concerts, uh, school dances, even graduation. Uh, and the best part, Hometown's going to provide you with a dedicated client success manager, giving you hands-on support every step of the way. Go to hometown, hometownticketing.com. It's digital ticketing that offers more. That's hometownticketing.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Jen, you uh, took us up through those college years, you know, that great undergraduate background. And, oh, by the way, she was an eight-time All-American in track. Um <laughs> Talk a little bit about that post-college journey, uh, some of those early jobs that led to, you know, your current position uh, as an athletic director. Yeah. Um, so my roommate, um, she had gone to Thailand to be in the, um, the Peace Corps. And so I was kind of motivated by that. And like, if Marcy can go somewhere crazy, so can I. And <laughs> so I got offered a job in Park Falls, Wisconsin, which is very far north. And then I got offered a job in Yuma, Arizona at uh, Crane Middle School. And the reason why that Yuma job opened is in Arizona during that time, they really tried to recruit teachers to come and teach in Arizona and especially Wisconsin teachers, because I think they knew that the education we were getting in our colleges um, was going to set us up to be successful. And so um, I went to Park Falls, it's April, and Park Falls in April is the temperature was probably 
35 degrees and cloudy. <laughs> and I flew into Phoenix and then I flew into Yuma and I get off the plane and everybody's in shorts and it's 85 degrees and sunny. And I'm thinking maybe, maybe I could live here. And if Marcy can go to Thailand, I can go to Yuma, Arizona. Um, and then I have to kind of add my husband into this story. So we actually met our senior year in Maine at Nationals. He was a D3 um, high jumper. Uh, I went to Nebraska Wesleyan. He stopped me at the lobster bar at, um, in Maine and he said he knew who I was. He had seen me jump. I had seen his, him jump. And we kind of, like our relationship kind of built long distance. He was still in Nebraska. I was in, still in Wisconsin. So I told him I had these two job opportunities and he's like, if you go to Arizona, I'm going to go with you. And so we decided that we were going to head over to Yuma, Arizona. Um, left my parents. I was 22 years old, I think. Um, looking at now, I don't know how my mom let me go. Um, I just sent my daughter to college. Uh, she's going to Tulane University in New Orleans. We just dropped her off July 4th broke my heart. So I don't know how my mom let me go, but she did. Um, and so then I went to Yuma, uh, taught junior high PE. Uh, it was crazy. It was a year round system, which is nothing I had ever been used to. We were on multi-track. So we had four different schedules going on within the school where basically at any given time, there were three tracks in school and one track was off. It was to relieve overcrowding. Um, I think I coached every single sport except oh, yeah. for basketball. Like I said, basketball, that's kind of scary for me and wrestling. Other than that, literally, I think I coached everything. And if I didn't coach wrestling, for example, I was the scorekeeper. So um, loved Yuma, stayed there for seven years. Back to my husband, he got a job up here in Phoenix at a newspaper. And so I said, okay, you came to Arizona, you know, you came to Yuma for me. I will go to Phoenix for you. And I ended up one year at an elementary school. I had like, I feel like it was five minutes to find a job. Um, worked at an elementary school and found out I was not an elementary teacher. <laughs> um, I didn't want to tie shoes and talk about tattling and put ponytails up, didn't want to do any of that. So I applied um, at uh, the, the uh, Higley School District and I got hired to open Higley High School, uh, which was great. I was the department chair. I was going to be the track and cross country coach and um, love that experience there. And then kind of craziness, years went by. I think I was there seven years and um, our assistant, well, our assistant principal and athletic director at the time resigned. So the principal said, you know what? I think this is something that you need to do and encouraged me to apply for it. And so I went from being the department chair, coach, kind of everybody's colleague and fun to all of a sudden, moving over to administration. And um, it, it actually was a great transition. Um, I loved my time at Higley. We did some amazing things there and really set a culture at that school. Um, and then at our sister school, the athletic director there had moved over to Perry High School. He was there for three years. So we, you know, we remained friends and colleagues. When he moved up to the district office, he called me and said, you know what, I think you'd be amazing at Perry and come on over. 
And so that was 12 years ago and I've been at Perry ever since. It, you know, we talk a lot on the podcast about, you know, mentoring and, and those key mm -hmm. people there to, you know, encourage. And sounds like you had a couple there that, you know, recognized, you know, a, a great leader that they wanted to make sure they were on, that she was on their team. Yeah. Um, want to go back to opening a school. We've mentioned that also on the podcast and it's a unique experience. I I've been privileged to be a part of two openings. Um, what were some things that, and, and you mentioned building that culture, what were some things that you looking back on, um, in starting a school and starting traditions, you know, building the history, uh, what are some things that you're particularly proud of from those early years? Um, I think it was getting everybody on the same page. So one of the other PE teacher that I started with, um, his name is Jim Beal. And Jim was a long time football coach. Um, I, I believe he had won a state championship up in other, uh, in Northern Arizona. And, you know, Meanwhile, this kind of young woman comes in, <laughs> never having taught high school before. And so he really took me under his wing and we, we really worked together. Um, we worked in the weight room together. So that was one thing that we both felt was very important was getting our kids into the weight room and making sure that they had a good experience and a good base. It was funny when we first opened Higley, um, I was coaching cross country and we went to a meet and, and uh, one of our really good schools, their kids kind of ran by us and went, is that a junior high? <laughs> and so having our kids become athletes, that was something that in the PE department as coaches, we were like, we're going to give our kids the best experience, the best opportunities so that they can really grow. And um, I don't know if you know much about Higley now, but their football team won the state championship this past year. Um, they've had quite a few state championships in, in other sports. And I feel like as um, teachers and coaches, and then eventually as I became the athletic director, we tried to continue that success and, and tried to get everybody on board so that they understood we were gonna do things the right way and um, we were gonna be successful. Well, I mean, that's, that's gotta be great to, you know, be able to look at, uh, you know, look back and, and mm -hmm. realize not that you're, you know, being prideful about it, but, you know, being able to take some credit for that success, you know, very cool. Thanks for sharing that story yeah. for our listeners. Uh, our guest again is Jennifer Burke. She's a certified athletic administrator. We're going to hear a little bit more about that journey. And she's the assistant principal and the AD at Perry high school in Gilbert, Arizona. We're going to take our second break, but we're coming back with more. Please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to Vital Signs Wall of Fame for their support of the podcast. If you're looking for a really cool way to display your school record boards or your school's Hall of Fame, go to Vital Signs Wall of Fame and check out their interactive touchscreen video consoles. It's also a great way to share your school's history, uh, your proudest moments, and your top role models. Go to vitalsignswalloffame.com, talk to their staff, mention the podcast, they'll give you a nice discount. Uh, once you're ready to order, um, their team is going to help you design 
the best wall of fame to bring your school's legacy to life. That's vitalsignswalloffame.com. We also want to thank the team at Home Campus. Go to homecampus.com. They are the exclusive high school and state association platform for the podcast. It's also your one-stop for scheduling, student-athlete clearance, uh, coach clearance, and a whole lot more. As an athletic director, I used Home Campus every single day, and it was just fantastic. And the Home Campus team was great to work with, too. Like I said, for more information, go to homecampus.com. That's homecampus.com. Check them out today. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Jennifer, we get a lot of uh, newer ADs uh, that listen to the podcast. And I think it's important for them to hear about the journey that we all take. So talk a little bit about how you got um, connected with your state association and with the NIAAA and your own uh, LTI journey. Yeah. Um, so back to talking about mentors. Uh, when I was at Higley, Art Wagner was our district athletic director. And I'm going to tell you, I probably called him about 30 times a day my first year as an AD. Um, but one of his main things was we do need to be connected with the other athletic directors in our state. And so fortunately in Arizona, uh, we have the Arizona Interscholastic Athletic Directors Association. And every year they have an amazing conference. Um, they bring in guest speakers like you. <laughs> and uh, so Art was you're, you know, there was no option. We were going to go to the AIAAA conference. And uh, so started with those basic classes and uh, super important because as a new AD, you don't know what you don't know. I mean, it's the amount of things that, that we're in charge of and that we take care of, you need help. And um, getting started with those classes really worked, um, worked for me. And so um, basically started with the basic kind of 500 level classes. And at our conference, they encouraged us to take 700 level classes. And pretty soon I got to the point where I was like, oh, I only need one or two more classes. And then I can take that exam and get my CAA. So I uh, got those classes finished um, all at the AIAAA conference, which was great because we could do it right then and there. And finally took that exam. Uh, the exam, sometimes it was a little stressful. I actually... It was funny, we were down in Rocky Point, Mexico for spring break and I knew I was taking that exam um, not much later. So I sat there and studied on the beach and uh, fortunately passed. So um, got involved there. And then the NIAAA, obviously, um, the great thing about our conference is they almost always bring in somebody from the NIAAA to speak and be a guest speaker. And so we learned, um, a lot and it was great to also hear what's going on around the country. And I think that's important, you know, sometimes we feel like Arizona is usually on the cutting edge of things that are happening, but it's great to also know what's going on in other places. Now, going back to um, that uh, pre-test uh, moments or days, uh, was there, any test anxiety or did you feel like, uh, yeah, I got this? Um, I, I actually studied <laughs> quite a bit. And so I didn't, I think part of it was, I didn't exactly know what to expect. I didn't, 
nobody had told me, and maybe I should have asked a little bit more, was the test um, multiple choice? Was it free response? Um, so that would have helped me to know at least the test I took, and it could be different now, was mostly multiple choice. And so that would have helped a little bit to know that was the format of the test. Um, when I got in there, I will tell you, there were some questions that you're like, oh, there's there's maybe a right answer, but all of these sounded something I would do. And so you are going to have some of those questions where you're just going to have to go into yourself and think, I don't know if this is the right answer, but this is how I would do it. And that's kind of how I answered those questions. And, and that as someone who was on the certification committee for many years and, and helped create that test or, you know, um, let's say update that test uh, each year. Uh, that's the exact advice that we give people, you know, read the question, read all the responses and okay, what's the best answer? What's that common sense answer? So uh, for any uh, ADs out there listening, um, you know, we have a lot of review materials. We, the NIAAA has a lot of review materials. Uh, the certification committee members, they can send it. You have your own certification coordinator in your own state that can help you out. And if, if beyond that, you know, email me, I'll be happy to send you the review material. Jennifer, I wouldn't be doing my job uh, if I didn't say, where are you at in your next journey to get that CMAA? I know um, a lot of the ADs in our district are starting to kind of look at that and, and go forward with that. I'm getting relatively close. Um, I'm, I'm technically retired. I know that sounds crazy, but in Arizona, you can retire and then you can um come back with a different company and basically get contracted to work with the district. So that's where I am. And so I'm kind of in this debate, like, am I, should I get it? Or am I getting close to um, retiring? So uh, I'm, I'm leaning toward it. I've been trying to think of, because I know you have to do a project and I've been trying to think about what that project would be. Um, so if you have any good ideas or good suggestions, maybe we can go down that road. Well, that is a uh, great segue. It's almost like we set this up, but um, I guarantee that you and any athletic director that's listening right now, you're already doing something at your school with your mm -hmm. student athletes, with your coaches, with your parents, with your facilities, with anything that would make a great CMAA project. So uh, what's important to you? What are you passionate about? What do you really enjoy doing at your school? That's really how we get people to think about what their CMAA project will be. And again, you know, Jen, you and I are going to talk after this, but uh, anybody listening, um, shoot me an email, be happy to talk about uh, the CMA project. And you see, you have two options. Uh, you can do it the original way, you know, the the graduate level paper and write it out. And uh, um, that's what I did. Uh, but they also have the oral presentation option, which is you take your story, your project, and you turn it into a presentation. PowerPoint's probably one of the most common ways to do it. And somewhere between 15 and 20 slides, you literally tell the story to a couple of committee members about your project. Uh, it takes about 30 minutes and uh, it's become very popular. I can tell you, I really enjoyed writing mine out. But if the oral presentation would have been available, I would have been all over that because, as you can tell, I love to talk. So uh, 
Jen, we're going to do this at the end of the podcast too, but you know, you're veteran AD. Um, if one of our listeners wanted to reach out, pick your brain a little bit about how you do things at your schools, what's the best way that they can get a hold of you? Um, so you can email me. Um, and it's my last name, Burks, B U R K S dot Jennifer, old school spelling, <laughs> um, at C U S D eight zero dot com. So that would be like Chandler Unified School District eight zero dot com. Um, or feel free to call me. Uh, my uh, work number 480-224-2822. And um, I do serve as a mentor for new athletic directors in Arizona. So I, <laughs> I don't mind people calling and asking a ton of questions. I go back to literally, I think I called Art Wagner probably 10 times a day. And he always answered the call and he always had an answer for me or helped me work out what I needed to work out. So I kind of want to pay that forward um, to athletic directors that need that help too. All right. And again, we'll give out that contact information at the end of the podcast. And for our NIAAA members, Jen's information is also in the NIAAA member portal. So you can check it out there as well. Let's go and take uh, our third break, uh, but we're coming back with more. So stick with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to Huddle for their support of the podcast. Go to huddle.com and change the way you see the game. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years, but when I became an athletic director, I made sure that our school was a Huddle school. And our coaches just love the tools that Huddle provided that allowed them to coach our kids at the highest level. At Huddle, we believe in sports and teams believe in Huddle. Join the 8 million users and turn your school into a huddle school. That's huddle.com. We also want to say thanks to Gipper. Go to gipper.com. Their team is going to help you to create professional quality graphics for your school's social media channel in seconds. It's so easy. Even I can do it. Go to gipper.com. Start celebrating your teams, promoting your programs. Uh, get your athletes out there uh, on social media. Gipper's used by over 3,000 high school and college athletic programs, and it's professional graphic design made simple. Go to gipper.com, mention the podcast, you'll get a nice discount. That's gipper.com. Hey, welcome back, everyone. We're having a good time today with Jennifer Burks. She's a certified athletic administrator at uh, Perry High School in Gilbert, Arizona. Jen, um, I'm going to put you on the spot. Um, one of the things we try to do with the podcast is this idea of sharing best practices. Now, you're uh, an experienced athletic administrator. You're a mentor. What are some things that you you currently do at Perry, or maybe you did at your previous schools that you would consider best practices that you can share with our listeners? Yeah. Um, well, just seeing one of your sponsors, Gipper, um, I will tell you that social media in this day and age is so important. Um, that was one of the things that I came in with and said, you know what, we're going to, we're going to start a Twitter um, eventually I jumped onto Instagram and, uh, if you go to our site, um, we're at Perry underscore Pumas for both. And it's just getting out 
all of the good things that we are doing in our school, um, keeping everything super positive. And in fact, I'll tell you if, you know, when people put negative things um, or say anything negative onto our social media, I actually will call them and ask them to either remove it or discuss with them why they said that. Um, because I, I think it's important to always have a positive message about, about your school. Um, the other thing, thinking about kind of your, your message that you send out there. I, I feel like our parent meetings are very important and I will set the tone. Um, our parents know me by now and I'm very specific about things that the expectations for behavior for students and for parents and what we're going to look like at a game, what we're going to do, how we're going to behave when we go to other people's sites. Um, set those expectations for when you should talk to coaches and what you should talk to coaches about. And so I think those parent meetings um, save me some, some issues, <laughs> not always, you know, um, but I, I do think that meeting is, is really important. Um, the other thing I mentioned a little bit um, about performance training. So um, before I took over being the athletic director, uh, we had had zero team state championships. We had been open for five years, which, you know, it takes about five or six years to kind of get rolling. But um, when I came in there, our first state championships were won by girls teams. Um, our badminton team, our girls beach volleyball team, and then soccer was always doing very well and in the state championship for years. And so I get asked a lot, you know, what was it about your girls' sports? Why are they good? Um, and I'm not going to lie. I mean, we have good athletes. We have great coaches. But when I came in there, I said, you know what? Every team needs to be in the weight room. Um, girls' teams, boys' teams, it, it didn't matter. We all needed to lift. And so we um, created um, – we call them locker classes, but basically during the school day, it's a PE class that they can go and they get in the weight room. They do a little, they can do film, they can um, practice a little bit. And so we said all of our teams are going to do that. And I really do think that has made a huge difference um, in our performance. Yeah. Um, we talked earlier um, as you, uh, that you were involved in setting up a brand new school and you used the word, and I think it was a great word, you know, building the culture there. Um, that's a word that I think a lot of athletic directors are are looking um, for that magic, um, you know, solution that, uh, oh, if we just did this one thing, um, having successful programs. I And again, you mentioned you had great kids, you had great coaches, <laughs> a lot of things that go into it. Um, how would you respond to that? And let's say it's a young AD uh, that came to you and said, you know, what's the magic formula for winning a state championship? <laughs> That's so hard. It's funny because um, I mentioned soccer. So in the past 10 years, soccer, girls soccer has been to the state championship five times out of the 10 and we've never won. And so, and I talked with my volleyball coach, my daughter played volleyball, uh, two of her four years, they were in the state championship and lost both times. Uh, and I talked with those coaches because winning a state championship, I don't think people realize 
it's not easy. Like it might look easy. I mean, you look at my badminton program in the past nine years, we've been there seven times, we've won five. And so it, it started to look easy, but it, it wasn't. And so there are so many things. I think having those expectations though, and following through on those expectations, I think another thing, um, part of why my badminton team has been so successful is she will go into those PE classes, get those kids excited about it, um, and take kids that maybe wouldn't have thought to go out for a sport or taking kids from other sports that maybe got cut or are maybe looking for something different. And so I think it's being inclusive and getting kids to come out, getting kids to try things. Um, but, you know, but I would be lying if I didn't say, like, we live in a great area. We have families that want their kids to be successful, not only in athletics, but in academics and in everything they do. I mean, we're fortunate that kids can play, you know, they can afford to play club sports. They can afford to go to those extra trainers. And, um, but our job is to manage all that and to get everybody going in the same direction. I think sometimes when you do have a lot of options, then they can do what they want and they think they're entitled to do what they want. And so it's managing and um, another thing that, that I've really worked on is I have super successful coaches. I mean, I, I have coaches that are in the coaches hall of fame, and, but when you have high level elite coaches, they want to go their path and they think their, <clears throat> their sport is the most important thing, which to them it is. <laughs> so it, it's how do we support everybody and how do we make sure that all of those coaches want to, at the end, be at the same place, but it's okay to get there in a different way. I have some coaches that they joke around with their kids and they have a great time and you see them and it's their program super fun. I have other coaches. It's a little more serious. You know, they have a little more rules and, and they get there too. And so it's taking all of those people together and saying, we want to all end up here together in the end. Yeah. Uh, that expression, you know, uh, take all that, uh, all that talent, those great kids, great coaches, you mentioned parents, you know, community resources and, and get them all going in the same direction. You know, that that's, there's your definition of building a culture, you know, taking all the things that you have. And as you know, you know, dealing with those challenges that, that come your way <laughs> and you said it, it's not easy. It, it, it's not easy. Um, I get to be an official uh, at our state track meet uh, each year. And, uh, you know, the, the kids that are there, you know, those, um, you know, 18 kids, whatever they have for that event that are at the finals, I always tell them, Hey, congratulations on making it to the state finals. Um, very few student athletes ever get to experience this. So, you know, you've done a great job. Uh, appreciate you sharing that. Very cool. We're going to take another break. I know that's shocking to our regular listeners, but uh, we are going to be coming back with more. So please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to our good friends at Snap Mobile for their support of the podcast. Go to Snap Raise 
www.athleticsunlimited.com. Check out their entire suite of different platforms designed to help you as an athletic director do your job better. If you're looking for a fundraiser, stop right here. Snap Raise is hands down the best one out there. We used it at our school with tremendous success. The coaches loved it. Our parents loved it. Check out Snap Raise. But there's so much more. You've got Snap Connect, Snap Store, Snap Manage. You'll find it all at snapraise.com. We also want to say thank you to Sideline Interactive Indoor Scoring Tables and Video Boards. Go to sidelineinteractive.com and schedule a live web demo and see their tables and their boards in action. Probably one of the best purchases I ever made was our Sideline Interactive Indoor Score Table. We use it for home games, of course, but we also used it for pep rallies, for signing ceremonies. It's tremendously versatile, easy to use, and the Sideline Interactive team was great. Go to sidelineinteractive.com, schedule that live web demo, and find out more about their great products. That's sidelineinteractive.com. Hey, um, I did want to mention, I saw that um, SnapRays is one of your um, sponsors and I wanted you to know we use them. Um, they actually come and sponsor some of our coaches meetings and they do a great job for us and our teams like using them. Oh, that, that's so great to hear. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, we really uh, enjoyed uh, the the process. There's a lot of platforms out there. You know, they're they're all good, but we really enjoyed the Snap Race experience. And that's great that they're sponsoring your coaches' meetings. Good for them. Yeah. Um, Jan, you and I were talking during the break, and you know, you mentioned uh, a topic that I think is is very important. Uh, can you share a little bit uh, about that with our listeners now? Yeah, so one of the things um, we are doing to improve our school is to include diversity as a theme and something that, that we want people to know is important to us at Perry High School. Um, what, kind of where that started is um, I was on the Women's Equity Committee for the AIA. Um, I eventually became the chairperson for that. And so one of the things we would do is go around to different schools and um, they would apply. Basically there was an award and they would apply for this award and we would go in and, and evaluate their school, evaluate their programs, evaluate their coaches to determine how, um, how well they were doing in, in their girls' sports. And I'm gonna tell you like, that experience going around and specifically looking at was eye-opening, but it was also amazing. Uh, we would go to some schools that would apply for the award because they knew they weren't up to standard and they wanted somebody to come in to help them to say, oh yeah, that baseball field that looks like uh you know, the Diamondback Stadium, and then you go to the softball field where they have chain link dugouts and the grass is, you know, not even growing. Um, they wanted somebody to come in and say, that's not right. And we need to fix it. And so in that regard, I think the committee, it was great. And then we go into other places where you can just tell that they made sure that their girls were having the experience that any boy or anybody else would ever have. And and that's amazing to see. And so just kind of want to encourage schools if they would 
take a look around and see, you know, are things fair? Do, what do your facilities look like? What do your uniforms look like? Um, I, I will tell you as a college athlete, and this was um, back in the late eighties, early nineties, when our boys or our men's team, you know, would stay at the Hyatt and we were staying at the Motel 6. I was like, this isn't, this isn't right. And it's something we have to fix. And I will just shout out back to my college. I don't believe that happens anymore. <laughs> um, so, you know, on, on the girls piece, just take a look around and see, see that you are doing what you're doing for everybody. Um, on the diversity side, that was something that we are in a neighborhood, um, a community that doesn't have a lot of diversity, but is, is slowly changing and slowly growing. And so we've had some bumps uh, along the way. And, um, but what I'm doing right now is trying to put it out there. I, I said, I have those parent meetings and I will get up there in front of parents and say, we're not gonna accept people using racist language or inappropriate talk or bullying or hazing or abusing or any of that. Um, I'm working on hiring coaches who look like our kids. And I think that's important. Um, our, our new head football coach, um, he is one of the few Hispanic head coaches in Arizona. His name is Joe Ortiz. Um, I, I think he's done a lot and not that our previous staff wasn't, they were. Um, but I, I think it's good. I mean, in a state of Arizona where we have a high Hispanic population, we need more coaches. Um, and so that's kind of one of the things that we have been trying to do. I don't have all the answers. And so if any of your listeners have answers and, you know, <laughs> want to send me some ideas, um, that's great. But we just need to start by addressing that it's important to embrace everybody, regardless of race, gender, religion, ethnic background. We need all that and, and we need to be supportive of that. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. And, you know, going back to, you know, the, you know, promoting girls sports, um, you know, my wife's career teacher, a career coach, you know, Hall of Fame career. Uh, you know, we had two daughters and a son. Uh, and, you know, we we were very fortunate we were able to work together. I was the AD and, and she was coaching uh, for many of our stops and our kids went to school there. And I'm not bragging, but I, I'm just saying for me, it was second nature. I want to make sure our daughters, you know, had a great experience. And so, you know, we made sure that all of our teams uh, did well. Um, and you, you, as an AD, you don't do that because you're concerned about meeting Title IX. You do it, as you said, because it's fair. It's the right thing to do. If we're sending our uh, teams out. Uh, to represent our school, you know, we want them to, you know, look the best, play the best, train the best. So, you know, absolutely uh, appreciate you sharing that. Um, Jan, this has been a really cool spending some time with you. Uh, wish we had a little bit more time, but we're not done yet. Uh, we always wrap up with the athletic director's toolbox. And we've said a couple of times, you are certainly an experienced athletic director, know your way around the world of athletics, but we're going to take our final break hear from Athletic Surveys, who sponsor this segment. And when we come back, I'm going to challenge you to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job. But I'm only going to let you put three things in their <laughs> toolbox. So let's take that final break here from Athletic Surveys. And when we return, we're going to find out what Jennifer Burks is going to put in her new athletic director toolbox. 
We want to thank Athletic Surveys for sponsoring the Toolbox segment. Athletic Surveys are a quick, easy, and an affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire program. Athletic directors already hear back from the complainers, the 2% that want to gripe about everything. Athletic Surveys will connect you with that 2%, but they're also going to connect you with the 98% that love and support your program. And that's a tremendously valuable tool to have when you're talking with that frustrated parent or your principal or your school board. Go to athleticsurveys.com. They're going to create a custom survey that allows you to take the pulse of your parents and your student athletes. Go to athleticsurveys.com for more information. Well, it's that time of the podcast. We've been visiting today with Jen Burks. She's a certified athletic administrator from Arizona. Tremendous background in athletics, but right now I'm going to challenge her to send out a brand new AD on their very first job, but I'm only going to let her put three things in the toolbox. So Jen, what three items are going to go into your new athletic director toolbox? Okay. Um, well, the first one's not really a tool necessarily, but it kind of a reminder. Um, this job can overwhelm you. Uh, literally, I start getting emails at 6 a.m. and I've had to tell my coaches and the principal and at 10 p.m., like I'm done. So between 10 p.m. and 6 a.m., I'm out. <laughs> um, so I really hope people uh, and new athletic directors find that balance. Um, and kind of that second piece is it, it helps if your family, and I think you had mentioned that, if your family is also involved with you. Um, I could never say enough about my kids going to school at the school I go to. That drive in the morning where you get that 10 minutes or 15 minutes where it's just you and your kid um, so that they don't feel left out or just as a second thought, they know they, they need to be primary. Um, and then when you're at events, cause goodness knows how many events do we have to cover when your kid, your own kid is either playing or is in the student section either even, it feels like it's a family event. And so I would encourage families to become involved, but to also have that balance. And to, at some point to say, no, I'm not gonna do that or um, please don't call me after 10 p.m. Or, you know what, I'm, I'm gonna have the other assistant principal or the principal cover that event. I, I've always said, I don't feel like the athletic director should have to cover every single event. Other assistant principals, the principal, um, and if they don't feel comfortable, train them. Show them what it's like, mentor them and go to a game with them and say, hey, here are the things that I notice. Here are the things you should be looking at um, so that you're not every single night. So those kind of that balance and, and having your family with you help. Um, if I didn't have my husband, he originally was a sports writer. He, I, I mean, he's amazing. He's also funny. And I always, always say, don't judge us by our spouse because <laughs> he comes in and, you know, wants to tell the basketball coach sometimes, hey, I would run this play. Or, hey, did you think about this? You know, Joe Ortiz is the football coach. So it, it, it's kind of funny. But um, sports is our life. And um, but then we also have our family side, too. 
So just, I don't know how else to put it other than your family's important. And when I'm done with this job, somebody else will be in my seat. I will still have my family. Um, but then more on the, the practical side, organization um, is kind of my third piece. I probably have more binders than anybody knows what to do with, but I know where I can find everything. I put things in binders. Um, maybe the younger uh, younger ADs will put them in folders um, on, the, on their computer, but um, know where you can go and, and um, write things down, have, have processes, have those things done. Um, the next thing I always joke that I only judge athletic directors on how quickly they respond to emails. So please, <laughs> if you get an email, respond to it quickly. Um, even, even if it's to say, you know what, I've got to get back to you. Um, and especially emails to parents, you know, when that, um, that crazy parent is calling or that crazy parent is sending you an email, if you don't respond, it's only going to get worse. So jump in and, you know, tell them, talk to them, listen to them. And sometimes when you're having those parent meetings and they're angry at the coach or sometimes you just have to let the parent yell, just let them get it out. Just let them say what they're going to say and then reel it back in. But before you have that meeting, make sure that your coach knows that you support them and whatever this parent's going to say, you're going to listen, but you, your coach needs to know that, that you have their back as long as they're doing the right thing. So <laughs> they have to also, you know, play their part. But um, I don't know, family balance and being organized. I think those those are going to help you. Now, every single one of them was great. Uh, a, a couple of things. I, I love the focus you know, on, on family, you know, making it a family event when you can. Uh, and also... You already had earned a uh, friend of the show status, but when you use that term, any AD that acknowledges, sometimes there are some crazy parents out there. When you say crazy <laughs> parent, you become a friend of the show. You know, most of our parents, you know, uh, they're great, but they're, some of them, they uh, they take a bite from uh, the crazy sandwich before they come and talk to us. So, uh, Jen, this has just been really cool. I'm looking forward to meeting you when you come down to Orlando in December for mm -hmm. the national conference. But if one of our listeners wanted to reach out before then, pick your brain a little bit, what's the best way they can get a hold of you? Um, so again, it's email, um, Burks, which is B-U-R-K-S dot Jennifer at C-U-S-D eight zero dot com. And um, or even call me 480 uh, and we're on social media, so you can always go to Instagram or to uh, Twitter, and that's at Perry underscore Pumas. Okay. Uh, Jennifer Burks, thanks so much for sharing with our listeners today. All the best with the school year, of which you are already, you know, hip deep in. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, we're looking forward to seeing you in Orlando in December. All right. Nice to talk to you. Thank you, everyone. For listeners, uh, we appreciate you listening, obviously, and we also upload the recordings to the Educational Lady Podcast YouTube channel. Thanks again. Uh, come back next time for another great interview and just about every day for new content on the Educational Lady Podcast. We'll see you next time.